Hi, Rav Judy here with Masechet Ediot, Perak Dalad Mishnah Aleph, dedicated towards Schud for Rufu Shlema, for Tova Miriam, Bat Devora Mindal. Um, this fourth Perak gets us to something that is um, a little bit different than what you might expect. Shammai, over the Shammai school, Beit Shammai, his students and grandstudents and you know, all their learning, have a reputation for being stringent. And people think of Hillel, oh, Hillel's the nice guy, he's the, he's the lenient one. Um, the truth is that like anyone else with intellectual honesty, it, it doesn't follow those sorts of neat categorizations. Shammai is not always stringent, Hillel is not always lenient. And we have a bunch of things in this parak that are case after case where Shammai was actually the lenient one, and Hillel was the stringent one, because they're just arguing the cases the way that they see with intellectual honesty. So here's the first. First is something that actually comes up in Beitza for those who have studied Beitza. It comes up fairly early on. Here are some things that are among the leniencies of Shammai and the stringencies of Hillel. Okay, if you have an egg that is laid on Yom Tov, the issue here is that on the one hand, we're aware that biologically the egg has already been formed uh, before Yom Tov. And as far as Beit is concerned, it doesn't really even matter. It was formed before Yom Tov, and even if it hadn't been formed on Yom Tov, the entire chicken is not muktza or forbidden, because frankly, on Yom Tov, on holidays itself, it would be mutter to eat the chicken, to cook the chicken, etc. Things that might not be permitted on Shabbat, but are permitted on Yom Tov for purposes of food. So what is Hillel's concern? Beit Hillel, or the school of Hillel, is concerned that even though the egg may have formed before, the egg is in its way a new thing. There's the chicken, and there's the egg inside the chicken, but it's a separate thing that's been formed. And as a result, uh, one is not allowed to repair on Shabbat for Yom Tov. Um, So if the egg is laid on a Sunday that is Yom Tov, it was formed on Shabbat. That would mean effectively preparation. The chicken was preparing this on uh, Shabbat for Yom Tov, and the preparations on Shabbat for Yom Tov are forbidden. And so Beit Hillel says that the egg would not be eaten. Now granted, if the Yom Tov was during the week, if the holiday was during the week, you could potentially, you could make a good argument to be able to eat it, because yeah, it was prepared the prior day, what does it matter? Uh, but Beit Hillel is concerned about uh, not distinguishing between the two, and says there's a blanket prohibition against eating eggs laid on Yom Tov, because in many cases the Yom Tov is Sunday, the day after Shabbat. That's case one in this Mishnah. Case two in this Mishnah, Beit Shammai Omrim, Seork B'Kezayet, V'chametz B'Kakotevet, Beit Hillel Omrim, Zevzeh B'Kezayet. So how much does one need of chametz or of something that can be machmit, something that can leaven on Pesach in order to be forbidden in terms of possession? So Beit Shammai says that Seor, if you're going to have actual leavening agents, uh, you know, like yeast, etc., that it would be forbidden at the amount of a kezayit, an olive's worth, but that the chametz itself, you would have to have more. A kotevet is a slightly dried date. It's in between the size of an olive and the size of an egg. So you would need more there in order to be violating the laws against owning chametz on Pesach. Behillel says, nope, the threshold on both is the smaller amount, is the kezayit, the olive's worth. And so Behillel is more stringent in terms of how much Chametz, one is uh, is still, you know, at what point you've crossed the threshold of violating only Chametz and Pesach, and his threshold is a lower threshold.